1: Ed Flash Ferrans. The first union at Microsoft. Almost half of America got a pay raise this week. And today on the show, we're going to check in with Senator Sherrod Brown, the Columbus Central Ohio building trades. And it's our first Friday with Fred. Welcome to the Friday, January 6th edition of America's Workforce, where we are available on at least six platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Pandora, and Stitcher. We have three guests on the show today. We're going to start things off with Senator Sherrod Brown. He should be calling us shortly from Washington. A lot of news this week. A couple of days ago, the senator, chair of the Senate Banking, Housing, and Urban Affairs Committee, joined our president, Joe Biden, and also uh, Ohio's governor, the governor of Kentucky. And this was to announce that the Ohio Department of Transportation, better known as ODOT, And the Kentucky Transportation Cabinet are receiving over $1.6 billion. Why? To construct a new companion bridge to the Brent Spence Bridge. Now, if you Google Brent Spence Bridge, you will read about this bridge's history. And this was kind of a poster child on why we need to improve our infrastructure in America. It took a long time, decades, decades to fix this, and uh, it's gonna take a while to get it fixed. That bridge, by the way, runs from the Western Hills Viaduct in the state of Ohio to the Dixie Highway in Kentucky. A Lot of travel on that bridge, lot of travel, and it deteriorated over the years. And finally, with the, uh, well, two things, we had the Infrastructure and Jobs Act, and the Bridge Investment Act, which got a lot of support from the iron workers. So uh, the senator is going to talk about that big ceremony a couple of days ago. And also, you may recall, in the closing days of the last Congress, there was a spending bill. They called it the ominous spending package. It was like $1.7 billion. And a lot of that money is going to be invested in health care, the environment, science and research, public safety, local projects. Senator will touch on that as well. Dorsey Hager, longtime supporter and sponsor of America's Workforce on behalf of the Columbus Central Ohio Building and Construction Trades Council will be joining us. He, too, will talk about that uh, Brent Spence Bridge and also the infrastructure situation in the state of Ohio. Last year, from what I understand, there was a record amount of man hours worked. A lot of that coming from Central Ohio with these projects uh, that are actually going to go on for years, like Intel, the Honda battery plant, um, Facebook, Google, the Ohio State Medical Center. A lot of things happening in Central Ohio, creating a lot of good jobs and, more importantly, project labor agreements. So so important, and uh, also the uh, the holiday season. There was food drives and. Dorsey's going to do a shout out on that. A lot of people got involved and helped those that are in need. You can't forget those, especially that are living below the poverty level. They need that help. And then later in the show, uh, Fred Redman will be joining us. Fred, now Secretary-Treasurer of the AFL-CIO, number two man in the AFL-CIO, and formerly longtime uh, Human Affairs Director for the Steelworkers. He is actually in Las Vegas today. Why is he there? Well, it's the uh, Consumer Electronics Show, and uh, this year, that show has a huge labor presence. In fact, today, the AFL-CIO, SAG-AFTRA, which is my union, that's the Screen Actors Guild, the American Federation of TV Radio Artists, the American Federation of Teachers, Unite Here, they're all hosting the fourth annual Labor Innovation and Technology Summit, this is this is part of the technology show, the consumer electronics show in Las Vegas. Among the speakers, Liz Schuler, president of the AFL-CIO, Randy Weingarten, who heads the uh, teachers union, the AFT, Dee Taylor of Unite Here, the executive vice president, Ben Whitehair of SAG-AFTRA and uh, SAG-AFTRA's national executive director and chief negotiator, Duncan Crabtree, Ireland, what they're essentially talking about is the future of work, preparing workers for technology and transitioning into the new technology. And it's real simple. Unions can center workers in technology transition to ensure they're prepared to meet the challenge of a tech-driven workplace. A tech-driven workplace can be disruptive and a They can navigate this by using collective bargaining to empower workers, mitigating job loss due to automation, and building the union workforce through new tech-created jobs. So you, you hear about robots, you hear about technology replacing you. No, 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 no. They should assist you, make the job better, make the job more efficient, make you more efficient. That's what this is all about. The other issue that uh, Fred's going to talk about is the upcoming Martin Luther King Conference, which will take place in Washington, D.C. next weekend. It'll start on uh, January 13th and run through the 16th. And uh, in fact, they're bringing people that have been organizing at uh, Starbucks and Amazon. The theme of the conference is claiming our power, protecting our democracy, which is a good theme, especially for this day. Very significant day in American history because you know what happened two years ago in the nation's capital. The mlkconference.org is a website there, the mlkconference.org. So, uh, Fred Redman, our first Friday with Fred. He'll be joining us later in the show today. What's happening in our world of labor? Well, let's find out. This segment on the show brought to you by Boyd Watterson Asset Management. You can find more at boydwatterson.com. A super majority of quality assurance workers at Microsoft's ZeniMax Media have voted to join ZeniMax Workers United, which is affiliated with the Communication Workers of America. This is a great story. Microsoft voluntarily recognized the new union. Isn't that so- that's something in itself? How many companies, big companies, can actually say that and do that. But they did it. It's the first studio at the company to secure union representation and the largest unit of quality assurance testers at a game studio in the country. Zenimax Workers United, CWA, seeks to transform the company to benefit workers, players, as well as the company. Got a comment here from... uh, Victoria Banos, who is a senior quality assurance audio tester located in Maryland. Before us is an opportunity to make big changes and bring equity to the new video game industry. We want to put an end to sudden periods of crunch, unfair pay, and lack of growth opportunities within the company. Our union will push for truly competitive pay, better communication between management and workers, a clear path for those that want to progress their career and more. ZeniMax Workers United, CWA, joins a wave of game and tech workers at Activision, Alphabet, Apple, and dozens of other companies who have organized with code CWA to build a better workplace. Great stuff happening. Hats off to the Communication Workers of America. I'm sure Frank Matthews, who's one of our regulars. In fact, he's on next Tuesday. We'll have more to add about uh, what's happening, especially in the uh, gaming industry. The efforts of workers across the country showed tangible results this week, especially on the first day of the new year, January 1st, as nearly two dozen states had minimum wage increases go into effect. Now get this, the federal minimum wage, which is $7.25 an hour, has not increased since 2009. Yeah, yeah. That's a sad story, but that's the reality of the world we live in today. That is the effective minimum. That's seven twenty-five in 20 states where the state minimum wage is set at equal to or below the federal wage. Nearly 30 cities and counties also raised their minimum wage this week. Wage increases in 23 states are the result of legislative efforts and automatic cost of living increases. The higher wages will directly affect 8.4 million workers and account for more than $5 billion in pay increases. Now, as of the last day of last year, December 31st, wages increased in Delaware, Illinois, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Missouri, Nebraska, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, Rhode Island, and Virginia. Cost of living increases being implemented in Alaska, Arizona, California, Colorado, Maine, Minnesota, Montana, Ohio, South Dakota, Vermont, and Washington. And later this year, Connecticut, Florida, Nevada, and Oregon will also see increases in the minimum wage. It's about time, don't you think? The Federal Trade Commission has proposed a regulation to ban non-compete agreements in employment contracts, which affect anywhere between 20 and 45% of private sector workers in the country and have been documented across various industries. This is very, very significant news here. The FTC estimates that wages will increase by 300 billion dollars per year across the nation and previous state-level measures against non-competes have increased wages by 2 to 4%. So again, this is a proposal and it's coming from the Federal Trade Commission. We'll definitely have to follow it throughout the new year. All right, let's go to uh, Washington right now and joining us on our live line is Senator Sherrod Brown. Imagine this, Democrats and Republicans working together. It happened this week on a bridge between Ohio and Kentucky, and Senator Brown was there. Senator, let's talk about the Brent Spence Bridge, and this was an effort, I guess, this is a big uh, a big effort here on behalf of the Bipartisan Infrastructure Act, which was signed into law last year. So uh, talk to me about the ceremony this week. Go ahead. Yeah, first of all,
2: it wasn't just a bridge. It's a $1.6 billion bridge. It's it carries 3% of GDP every day over it. It it was built for, I believe, 60,000 uh, traffic. It's now 160,000, something like that. And it's something we've tried to get done for, for a decade and a half. And yesterday, it was the President of the United States, the Republican uh, leader, Mitch McConnell, former Senator Portman. It's I'm not used to saying that word. He left office a day ago or two, maybe three days ago, and I were there, and the governor's, of um, Governor Beshear from Kentucky and Ohio's Governor DeWine was there. And um, it was what we ought to be doing. And you contrast that with all the all the stuff going on in the House of Representatives, where they where they can't even organize and get a speaker of the House. I mean, it tells you what that we are serious about governing and the far right anti-worker wing of the Republican Party, which is kind of their whole party now, are not serious about governing. And that that that's bad for the country.
1: It It really is bad. Yeah, this bridge, we've talked about this bridge for a long time, and it was in really, really bad shape. Uh, are you surprised that it took this long to finally get this uh, this bridge repaired? And I, I know it's going to still take some some extra time here, but the, the length of this yeah. process, is that because of the the political environment that we live in?
2: Yeah, it is. And, and frankly, Mitch McConnell, who was there yesterday and is now doing the right thing, it was not helpful for a lot of years. But it's it's unfortunately perhaps a product of the times where where this divisiveness cost the American public. And one of the things that I knew you'd want to talk about on this show is this is going to be built with union labor. I mean, one of the things that I insisted on is that that um, that that we do all of these with a project labor agreement with Davis Bacon. Um, President Biden is the most pro-union president, pro-worker president in my lifetime. And um, I'm, I'm thrilled that that's a big part of this. So we're going to have the, for the project labor agreement, the union jobs at Intel in central Ohio that will also affect all, all of us in northeast Ohio, too, because there will be more jobs coming out there. So all of this is always with unions in mind and doing this right. And that, that's really because Biden and a few people like me have insisted on it. Uh, Republicans have swallowed and said yes to it. And that's that's a huge victory for our country.
1: Absolutely. Okay, there's more good news here, and we're talking about a funding package that's uh, going to help lower costs and invest in healthcare, the environment, science, and research. Can you explain what's uh, what's at play here?
2: Yeah, we get what's called the omnibus, an end-of-the-year package that um, just collected all the important things, and Ohio has 100 different projects in it, um, from, from mental health issues to infrastructure to job training to civil rights programs to worker rights uh support in this bill and it will um, it will it will help el- it it's one of those things that it, it's base it's driven by local communities. I my staff and I listen to concerns of people all over the state from Lake County to Lorain County down to Cincinnati to Appalachia and we work on what what do you need? You know better than we do what you need in Willowick or in Elyria or in Lorain or in Medina Come to us with it, and we'll work in getting federal support for it. And that's, that's really how this is driven and why it works so well.
1: Good stuff. Senator, thank you so much for what you're doing here for uh, not just Ohio, but the, the entire country. And setting that example between uh, Ohio and Kentucky on that bridge, And this, this just shows how things can get done when you have the right and the left working together good stuff there so you keep it going make sure you get those union provisions and buy american provisions and all the legislation that gets passed this year okay
2: you can you can count on me for that exactly yep thanks
1: okay once again longtime contributor and supporter of america's workforce senator sharon brown on our live line all right we're going to take a quick break Coming up next, Dorsey Hager of the Columbus Central Ohio Building and Construction Trades Council.
0: This is America's Workforce. More shows available at awfradio.com.
3: It takes Layuna to build North America's infrastructure.
1: Learn more at afge.org. Paid for by the American Federation of Government Employees, AFL-CIO. America's Workforce Radio is sponsored in part by the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, District Council 6, representing painters, glazers, drywall finishers, and sign and display industry workers. They
0: remind you that belonging to a union is your right as an American. The AFL-CIO is a proud sponsor of America's Workforce Radio. United by efforts to raise wages, listeners to this show and workers all across America are beginning to turn a corner and drive the economic debate. The AFL-CIO is comprised of 12.5 million working people, but we stand with and fight for everyone who is working for a better life. For more information about our Raising Wages agenda, go to aflcio.org. Buildings, bridges, skyscrapers, and more... Structures that are the face of our cities and towns were built by members of the Ironworkers Union. That's why it's important that our workforce of over 130,000 ironworkers continues to be the safest and best trained in the field. With 154 training centers, we invest over $90 million annually in safety and training. We're growing the next generation of union ironworkers. There are so many reasons to put your trust in our ironworkers and their employers. Learn more about us at
1: ironworkers.org.
0: Now, back to Ed Flash Farrance with America's Workforce.
1: And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. That would be AWF Union Podcast, AWF Union Podcast. Let's go to Central Ohio right now and joining us, as he has been for many, many years, Mr. Dorsey Hager, who heads the Columbus Central Ohio Building and Construction Trades Council, ColumbusConstruction.org. You can follow him on Twitter at Central O-H. And we have to start off the show with congratulations, because a couple of days ago, Dorsey Hager was reelected to his position. Dorsey And also, today's your birthday. i tell you, a lot going on here. Dorsey Hager, welcome to America's Workforce once again, and happy birthday to you, brother. Thank
4: you so much. Uh, Yeah, pretty good week. Wednesday, we had our delegate meeting. Um, I was reelected along with our president, Dustin Gockenbach, from the IBW, who does a fantastic job, kind of my partner in crime. Our vice president, Tim Ely, from the Plumbers and Pipe Fitters. Um, uh, A new trustee, Robert Mullett from the iron workers and our new, uh, Sergeant at arms, uh, Bill Hewlett. So yeah, it was a pretty good, uh, pretty good Wednesday. And then capping it off here Friday with my birthday. And then later this afternoon, I'm going to do like a uh, birthday celebration slash fundraiser for, uh, my good friend and IBW member and Columbus city councilman, Rob Dorn. So I'm excited to, to kind of end the week and, uh, with some friends and, uh, raise a little money for my friend who's running for re-election for city council and also, uh, Maybe have a piece of pizza and a slice of two of a birthday cake and celebrate my 52nd. So, man, the there time in this job goes fast and the time on this planet goes pretty quick as well. So it's pretty wild, but it's good times. Good times. So thanks for the uh, thanks for the birthday wishes, Flash.
1: The only thing that could have made this week better was a win by the Buckeyes. I'll tell you, that was a tough one, wasn't it? <laughs>
4: Very tough one. Very tough one. One point, but like they say, one point is all you need. But uh, yep, yeah, very difficult. My wife and I, obviously on New Year's Eve, uh, stayed up, watched that, and um, you know they fought hard, they played well, and, uh, and Georgia's a good team, so we'll see what happens Monday night. But pretty exciting yeah. stuff.
1: Yeah, it was good. They 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 came to play. No doubt about that. No doubt about it. Well, it was also a good week to show, I guess, uh, what can be done. When people work together and I'm referencing what happened at a ceremony a couple of days ago with the uh, Brent Spence Bridge, which has been under, uh, I guess, under the microscope for a number of years because it just shows. And this is one of many bridges in the country, but this one was highly traveled upon and it has deteriorated uh, a lot over the years. And finally, we got the funding to, to fix it um were you part of that ceremony by the way you had the president there you had uh senator sherrod brown there he just talked about it on the show oh, fill me in on, on on the on the trades on all this one
4: yeah i didn't get to go down and be a part of it i know uh, i had several friends that went down uh, from the building trades that were there i know mark douglas from the state building trades was there i had a conversation with senator sherrod brown uh last week which which i think this kind of partakes into it but uh the senator he was a huge fan of our uh, building Futures Program was able to get some money allocated from the Omnibus budget uh, to help fund uh, some of our uh, Building Futures Program. So I talked to the Senator last week about this for a while, but but uh, I'm just so him, but also outgoing Senator Rob Portman on all the hard work that they did to get this funding, to finally get this taken care of. Uh, I mean, when I met with Uh, senator portman of course we met with him every year at the legislative council but i met with him a couple years ago i could see the frustration growing and it was one of his biggest i don't want to say regrets but one of his biggest uh things that he failed that he felt like to accomplish was securing funding for the brent spence bridge you know he's a cincinnati guy and uh and loves cincinnati loves that area calls it his home and i i think at the time i think the brent spence bridge was the third most traveled uh, bridge in the United States for like cargo and for goods and for, for, for long haul trucking and stuff. And, uh, you know, it was a just I almost said it was a shining example, but it was a rusty example of uh, of our failed infrastructure here in the United States. And I'm just so glad that they came together and, and were able to get the funding to get that done. And I think the president gave a great speech, talked about the importance of it. Um, you know, you're seeing a lot of this stuff from the federal government trickle down, which is not only improving our infrastructure, but it's also creating uh, great jobs and, and making our lives better by making things more efficient and safer for people you know, to travel on our roads and our bridges and stuff. So I hope that this keeps going on and, and, and hopefully we can get some bipartisanship and, and get more of these things passed because like you and I talked off the air, it's frustrating to see members in Congress, some of them even the Ohio delegation, to vote against this funding. But then once it passes, they go back and they campaign and they fundraise on money that's coming back to Ohio and how great it is, even though their constituents you know, aren't aren't really coming to the realization or reading deep enough to see that their person that they're supporting actually voted against it. Right. So it's kind of crazy.
1: Yeah, well, there's a lot of crazy things going on, especially in the House of Representatives right now. I don't want to even get into that because that's ridiculous. I, I want to talk about uh, rebuilding our infrastructure, which obviously we touched on. And also, let's get an update on the intel situation. Central Ohio, I know they broke ground over there. Where do we stand with that right now, Dorsey?
4: yeah, so we had our first pre-job meeting a couple weeks ago with Bechtel. It's well attended by all the trades, had some great conversation, great discussion, uh, talked about contracts, talked about timeline, um, things like that. but uh, you know, the job seems like it's it's getting ready to to really start to take off. Gil Bain was the first big contract awarded. They uh, did uh, the site work and site improvements to get ready before we start vertical construction. Gilbane started that at the end of the summer. They're almost complete. I think we've been fortunate to have a pretty mild winter, um, and it looks like that Gilbane's going to have that done here uh, pretty soon. Um, and then the uh, then the vertical construction will start with with the underground. So I expect us in the next week or two to have electricians, plumbers, more operating engineers, and laborers out there to begin on the underground. And then I would think in June, maybe July, we probably start with the vertical. And I'm hopeful, I'm hopeful, um, if the weather holds out and we have some good weather this spring, uh, that we'll have probably about 1,500 people out there, June and July. So it looks like it's going to get going. And then I really expect it to ramp up November, December, uh, January of 24. So we're excited. It's a lot of work. a lot of opportunities for our members, Um, a lot of opportunities for us uh, as we continue to do more and more outreach and bring people into the folds that are either unemployed or underemployed uh, into these very uh, lucrative building trades jobs.
1: Dorsey, we had Rick Perdue on the show yesterday. Rick is the head of the Lima Building Trades, and he indicated that some of his members might be going to central Ohio to work on that project. You know, with that being said, how are we a getting getting people on that job? I, I know this is going to really take a whole lot of man hours here. What's What's the situation on that right now?
4: Yeah, our managers and agents are – you know, so if you talk about, you know, what Rick stated, he's absolutely right. Our managers and agents are working very hard on members from not only around Ohio and the Midwest, but around the country that are working in areas that are maybe a little bit soft or the economy is not as strong as it is here in central Ohio. Building databases, getting those people ready to go for when the call comes in. Uh, we're also, you know, obviously organizing is a huge key. We're out there organizing. um, uh, non-union members every day, people who may not be being paid the industry standard, may not be getting the training they deserve, or also maybe the health care benefits, pension benefits that they deserve. So we're out there finding those people, organizing them, bringing them in uh, through all means necessary, radio advertising, TV advertising, uh, Facebook ads, Google, Twitter, uh, our sites, everything like that. And then we're doing outreach events, too. And the good thing about the outreach events that we're doing is we're doing outreach events afternoon slash evening, so we're reaching out to kids that are in high school to let them know these jobs are. but reaching out uh, to again the people that are unemployed or underemployed uh, after the regular work day to let them know if they want to change careers that there's there's an opportunity to get into the building trades as well. So multi pronged approach. Uh, you know I said this Wednesday when I thanked the delegates for giving me the opportunity to serve and represent them for another three years. You know, we've got about 18,000 members in the building trades working in Central Ohio right now in our eight counties. In the next 18 to 24 months, I could easily see us needing an additional 18,000 members. And 13,000 of those 18,000 jobs are going to be covered by project labor agreements. So it's important that we get out there, we grow our membership, we find more people, we get them trained up, and we get them ready to go for the intel's the Hondas, the Amazons, the Googles, the Facebooks, the OSU Medical Centers, and all the work that's coming uh, down the pike here very, very soon.
1: Certainly good to hear. We love those project labor agreements. Let's keep them coming. Dorsey Hager joining us on our live line. Dorsey, Executive Secretary-Treasurer of the Columbus Central Ohio Building and Construction Trades Council. More to come from Dorsey later in the show. Fred Redmond, Secretary-Treasurer of the AFL-CIO.
0: This is America's Workforce.
1: You're listening to America's Workforce, and this upcoming segment is brought to you by the United Labor Agency. They connect people with employment, 216-666-2185. You can find them online at ulagency.org.
0: Hello from the Communication Workers of America, District 4. We are a labor union representing a vast array of workers in different industries, including the Association of Flight Attendants, Telecommunications, CWA Passenger Services, Public Health Care, and Education Workers, the IUE. CWA Industrial Division, the National Association of Broadcast Employees, the CWA News Guild, not to mention our growing digital sector, and many others. If you're interested in organizing your work group or learning more about what it means to be CWA strong, visit our website at www.cwad4.org. That's cwad4.org.
3: America's Workforce appreciates our sponsor, the Columbus Central Ohio Building and Construction Trades Council, who represents more than 18,000 workers from 19 affiliated local unions and district councils.
1: The United Steelworkers of America represent over 70,000 workers in the state of Ohio. Steelworker members enjoy the benefits of some of the best contracts of any workers in the world. Many of your friends, neighbors, and relatives are members of one of the most effective democratic unions in our country. With the pressures unorganized workers are under in today's economy, you need to join them. So call the Steelworkers Organizing Office at 216-292-5683 or toll free at 1-800-443-3752.
0: Union members need to be heard. Reliable and convenient union voting has never been more important than it is now. Make voting easy for your membership by working with Survey and Ballot Systems. SBS offers encrypted and monitored solutions that ensure your elections are accurate and accessible for every member through mail-in, online, and in-person voting. Visit surveyandballotsystems.com and take the next step in getting secure and auditable elections. Now, back to America's Workforce. Here's Ed Flash Ferencz.
1: And don't forget, you can check us out on at least six platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, and Stitcher. When you get an opportunity, just do this. Sign up and receive our shows on a regular basis and give us a rating. We always appreciate those five-star ratings, so please keep them coming. And remember this, too. If you like a show, share that show we want to count all the downloads and i'll tell you we are rocking it here on america's workforce yeah we're entering our 30th year of broadcasting and uh, going into three years of podcasting AwFpodcast.com, if you miss the show let's go back to uh, central ohio rejoin dorsey hager Executive Secretary-Treasurer of the Columbus Central Ohio Building and Construction Trades Council. Yeah, a lot of jobs being created in Central Ohio, especially with that Intel project. We got the battery plants happening with Honda. And I'm reading here, what is this? You had a record amount of man hours worked for 2022. Nine million plus. Dorsey, (laughs) I knew there was a lot of things going on in Central Ohio. 9 million-plus hours, that, that's a lot here. What <laughs> it, it, Do you have, like, a job data counter here on, on what's going on in central Ohio or what?
4: Yeah, so uh, yeah, so for the year 2022, we're looking at a little over 9 million man hours work between our 18 affiliated unions and our 14 uh, trades, which is exceptional in our eight-county jurisdiction. Obviously, we're blessed with Franklin County because of the Ohio State University, a lot of the Amazon data centers. We're blessed with Licking County because of Amgen, the big pharmaceutical plant, Facebook, um, Google, um, and then Intel to come, but, but you know, the Intel, like we said, is just now getting started. So we're not really seeing a lot of the hours of the first phase of that $20 billion project yet. We're seeing some, but not a lot. So when I first took over January of 2014, and, and a lot of the guys that I mentioned in the opening segment that were just reelected with me were guys that began with me as well, uh, you know, I basically talked to them. You know, I, I think we get caught up in a lot of minutia in our day-to-day stuff of representing our members, working with contractors, working with end users. And if you basically break down the job of union representation, whether you're an organizer, you're an agent, you're a business manager, or you're a building trades leader uh, like myself, you really basically have two things. Uh, to do, and that is to protect the Treasury, because without money, you can't do anything, and also to increase market share, because if you increase market share for your membership, your membership is working, their wages are good, their wages have a chance to escalate as market share increases, and they're also able to take care of themselves and their family, make good wages and benefits, and retire with dignity and respect. So those are the two things that I hammer on all the time, and and when you get caught up in the day-to-day minutiae, like I said, or some things that are frustrating or not going your way, I think if you go back to those two basic fundamentals and think, what do we do to do that, I think that's, that's good. So, so when we got together in 2014, some of the things that we did right off the bat was we looked at ways to save money, to strengthen the financial uh, status of the council, which we have done over the last seven or eight years. Um, we also looked at marketing ideas, again, to get work back, to increase project labor agreements, but also to do outreach to increase our market share. And uh, we also started our apprenticeship readiness programs to to build our apprenticeship programs, but also to build our diversity so we represent the communities in which we work in. And all that has worked out incredibly well. And I think my first year as council leader, we worked about 4.2 million hours. They've gradually went up as our market share has grown. And then this year is, you know, was just a monster year, and it's only going to get better. We're going to eclipse 9 million man hours work for 2022, which is really exciting stuff.
1: Well, I tell you, you should be very proud of that happening, especially uh, announcing it on your birthday today. That that's good, and, and of course, <laughs> being, being being reelected a couple of days ago to your position. I mean, everything you, you got everything happening at the at the right time, and it's all happening at the same time. I love that. Uh, good good stuff there. Well, a
4: couple well, a couple of things. You're gonna you're gonna keep reminding me that I'm a year older today. So thanks for that. And then uh, the other thing that I've said a couple of times, and I said at the state building trade meeting, which got a chuckle from. From everybody around the room and around the state, but but of course I'm joking. Is you know I made the statement that hey, in our jurisdiction today we have 140 billion dollars worth of work, you know, going on, and I'm not saying it's all because of me, but I'm not saying it isn't. There you go. <laughs> so, Take some credit yeah, for it, brother. You it. There you there go. You go. <laughs> Election year, you got to campaign a little bit. So.
1: Exactly. Exactly. All right, Dorsey, we got a few minutes left here. And I guess there's a couple things that you want to talk about regarding uh, the holidays here. I guess uh, the union shares food drive, couple of holiday parties helping those that are uh, underserved, underprivileged in various communities. Can you uh, kind of run down what you did here in the past couple of weeks?
4: Yeah, so the AFL Central Labor Council here in Columbus, Central Ohio, uh, led by Mark Fluharty and Jamie Shoemaker, and then the IBW uh, with their great host of volunteers, Mark, uh, I'm sorry, Mike, <laughs> Mike Morey, Pat Hook, Chris Poff, Chris Evans, uh, a lot of their apprentices who volunteer their time, and then uh, the Plumbers and Pipefitters Local Union, their financial secretary Kenny Davis, who's been involved in this for a long time. They take part in a, a union cares, union shares food drive, and it's the Saturday and Sunday before Christmas, and there's uh, needy families from around Columbus and Central Ohio uh, that come and are able to get, you know, turkeys, chickens, uh, some canned food, some some basic staples uh, to help them be able to celebrate, you know, Christmas and New Year's and the holidays with their family and have the food that's uh, so desperately needed so they can kind of take that pressure off themselves and enjoy time with friends and family like we all do. So it's a... Awesome thing that they do. They feed hundreds of families. Uh it's amazing the outpouring, the support uh that it brings. Uh the city council team led by uh President Shannon Harden, of course Rob Dorns uh from the IBW and Emmanuel Remy, our good friend, were down there as well uh working and doing great stuff and Shannon's chief of staff, Mike Brown. Um, but it's just a great event it, and it kind of shows what we do to give back to help our community. And then, obviously, we had our Friends of Labor Party, which is a tradition that was started by IBW, And the building trades is kind of shared in that tradition the last five or six years. So we got together at the Hollywood Casino, which is the house that labor built. We had over 200 people, and it's elected, it's staffers, it's friends of labor, uh, uh, customers, end users, uh, managers, agents, everybody, just friends of ours uh, that have helped make this year so successful. And we get together, break bread, have a nice lunch. Celebrate, uh, have a few adult beverages before we head back to work to make the end of the day a little bit easier. But uh, we had over 200 people at the Hollywood Casino. They do a great job with the food and stuff. I want to thank Claire Brotherton. Uh, I want to thank Bobby Tucker, Lynette Laughlin, and of course Kelly Harris for putting that together, the menu and stuff. A lot of planning and dedication goes into it. But it's a great event, gets great props. We always have great people there. Uh, You know, the mayor. Andy Ginther came there, my good friend City Attorney Zach Klein, all the council members, all our county commissioners, John O'Grady. Uh, just great to see everybody and kind of end the year on a good note. And then, uh, you know, the holidays end. You uh, you look at the uh, the Christmas parties you attended, and uh, you kind of look at your waistline and see the after effects, and you put your <laughs> nose back to the grindstone. And we're going to start working on finding those 18,000 people for that $140 billion worth of construction work. So
1: there you that's go. what we're doing now. Yeah, yeah, it never ends, no doubt about that. Dorsey Hager, Executive Secretary-Treasurer of Columbus Central Ohio Building and Construction Trades Council. Website, real simple, columbusconstruction.org. You can follow him on Twitter, BuildCentralOH. Lots going on in Central Ohio. You take care, my brother. Again, happy New Year, happy birthday, and we'll talk to you in a month, okay, brother?
4: I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Flash. Have a great weekend.
1: All right, we're going to take a quick break. Coming up next, Fred Redman, Secretary-Treasurer of the AFL-CIO. It's our first Friday with Fred. Back in a few minutes.
0: You're listening to America's Workforce with Ed Flash-Ferrins.
3: It takes LIUNA to keep America running. Over 70,000 public employees are part of LIUNA, the Laborers' International Union of North America, delivering critical services such as health care and emergency response, as well as maintaining roads and sanitation systems. Even the National Postal Mail Handlers Union, representing over 47,000 U.S. postal workers, is affiliated with LIUNA. Find out what it takes for LIUNA to keep America running at LIUNA.org. That's L-I-U-N-A dot org. America's Workforce is sponsored in part by Boyd-Waterson Asset Management, LLC. Find out more about our investment solutions tailored to meet the needs of Taft-Hartley funds at BoydWaterson.com.
1: Hire union musicians. Call Music Talent of Cleveland at 216-881-1802. Call Music Talent of Cleveland as your dependable source for professional musicians in Northeast Ohio. Union musicians add harmony to weddings, elegance to parties, and uplifting music for all events. Music Talent of Cleveland contracts solo and ensemble musicians as well as bands and orchestras for single engagements. So hire union musicians. Call Music Talent of Cleveland today. 216-881-1802.
5: Hi, this is Liz Shuler, president of the AFL-CIO, and I am a huge fan of Flash and America's Workforce Radio and podcast.
1: The Heat and Frost Insulators and Allied Workers are proud to be a title sponsor for America's Workforce Radio. The Insulators Union is leading the way in the mechanical insulation industry, fire stopping, and infectious disease control. Regarded as North America's energy conservation specialist, these professionals are known for their professional work and dedication. You can learn more about the Insulators Union at insulators.org.
0: There is unity and strength for workers.
1: We are the USW, the
0: United United Steelworkers, the largest industrial union in North America. We represent 850,000 members in In the the US, US, Canada, Canada, and the the Caribbean. Caribbean. We work in metals, rubber, chemicals, paper, oil refining, atomic energy, and the service sector.
5: We are steelworkers standing strong and fighting for what's right.
0: Now, back to Ed Flash Ferencz with America's Workforce.
1: And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. That would be AWF Union Podcast, AWF Union Podcast. Once again, too, if you like his show please share that show we count all the downloads our sponsors like that we want to grow America's workforce that's what it's all about 30 years 30 years this show has been on the air in Cleveland Ohio and uh, I've been hosting it for 25 years now and uh, almost three years this June will be three years of our podcasting which has really really exploded awfpodcast.com is a website you want to go to for all the shows that are archived. Let's go to Las Vegas, Nevada right now. And joining us on line number two is the one and only Fred Redman, Fred, Secretary-Treasurer of the AFL-CIO. And there is a big conference going on right now. It's called the Consumer Electronics Show. They call it the CES Show. Lots of technology and unions, all unions, all workers are very much concerned about technology replacing their jobs, robotics, all that kind of stuff. Now, technology is fine. It can assist in a job, but we don't want to replace workers. No, 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 no. We don't want to do that. Fred Redman, welcome back to America's Workforce. Happy New Year to you. Maybe you can give us a little snapshot of what's going on over there in Las Vegas.
5: Well, happy New Year to you, Flash. Always good to be with you. And yeah, I'm I'm in Las Vegas. We uh, we will have over 200 trade union leaders and representatives coming in to the uh, Consumer Electronics Show. You know, which is the largest um, electronic show in the world, I understand. And um, you know, the goal of uh, organized labor in this conference is to build unity around a um, robust, innovative agenda. Um, And we're building this around our tech institute, which is housed within the AFL-CIO. And our tech institute is a hub of collaboration and it's the center for tech education and strategy development. And we cannot underscore enough that getting ahead of and preparing for the rapid pace of technology, this is union work. And uh, our unity around um, this technology uh, will give us the power to meet this moment of change uh, as we develop innovative strategies. So what we want to do is define the terrain as one that will define our future and open up the doors to historic opportunities to grow our movement as new emergent industries take hold. And, um, you know, we want to build principles level commitment to advance this work. And we want to build on the momentum that started during our future commissions process that we ran right before the FLCIO convention that late uh, last year that led up to some very, very innovative resolutions that was passed at the convention. And we want to accelerate, uh, that effort after this summit here at CES. So, you know, we're here. We're we we we're, we're hosting some uh, union uh, seminars. Uh, you know, during, uh on Thursday and Friday. Um, uh, you, you know, we're going to talk about our response to technology uh, and how that requires our unity as a labor movement. We're going to have a discussion on emergent technologies, and you know, we're going to talk about how collective bargaining figures in as new technologies uh, change the way that we view work, the work of the future, and what role do collective bargaining play. And, um, you know, so we're looking forward to it. And, you know, uh, because our goal is preparing workers for this technological transition. And uh, that's why we're here. And, um, you know, so it's going to be exciting. couple of, Days uh,
1: throughout this week. We're talking about the future of work, and this is a campaign that That's the right. AFL CIO started some years ago. I believe it was in uh, 2018. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty much come to fruition. They're calling this the most technological and uh, influential tech event right. in the world. It, it, it's kind of amazing. And Fred, I, I know last year at the convention, Liz Shuler, the president of the AFL CIO, had a goal mm-hmm. of organizing what was it like a million workers in the next 10 yeah.
5: years yeah and, well that was the floor it's definitely not the ceiling but our goal is over the next 10 years to organize a minimum of a million workers and the technology industry play a huge role of us meet sure. that objective
1: mm-hmm. sure especially when it comes to organizing use the technical the technology that is available to, uh, right. to unions to grow that membership, and boy, I tell you, you can't uh, the time right now is a perfect time when you got the right people in the White House. Well, maybe not all the uh, halls of Congress, but nonetheless, right. you got the right people there, and we're seeing a, a big jump in uh, in organizing. A lot of labor, a lot of union participation at this event, right, Fred?
5: Yeah, yeah. Uh, the co-sponsors of this event. Is SAG-AFRA, our Screen Actors Guild Union, along with the American Federation of Labor, the North American Building Trades, the IBW, and uh, quite nicely, the FLCIO. cio And, um, yeah, we, we and we will have representation from our state fairs and central labor councils as we begin to really, really put some application toward the process of having a transition into technological work and how it's going to affect workers in the future, and uh, making sure that labor play a critical role in helping to shape those technologies and um, you know build um, build our union, you know, around this new and innovative work. Exactly.
1: All right, Fred. I want to switch gears. Up uh, the weekend sure. after this one, you're uh, going to be part of the annual MLK conference. We've been promoting it really, really heavily here Thank on America's workforce, and and I know because of the pandemic, this was held virtually. This is all going to be in person this year, right?
5: This is going to be in person. It's going to be in Washington D.C. and we're excited to bring people together. Uh, registration is 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 moving very rapidly i mean we have uh you know we expect a thousand delegates at this conference and um you know this is what we do as a labor movement. and every year during the uh, martin luther king weekend leading up to his birthday holiday uh you know we pause as a labor movement and honor the work of dr king and uh, this year we're excited to be back in person we have a very very um, uh, educational and fun and uh, agenda plan for the weekend. We will kick off on Friday the thirteenth and the focus on Friday will kick off on Friday evening and the focus is going to be on organizing and we're going to look at some organizing uh, um, some some organizing victories and some ongoing organizing struggles that's taken place around this country like Amazon and Starbucks and, you know, how they affect uh, predominantly and mostly uh, low-wage workers. The uh, majority of them happen to be people of color and women. We're going to bring in some of those workers to talk about their experiences in organizing. And uh, so Friday evening we will kick off around 5 o'clock and we will devote that toward having a serious discussion and presentations on organizing. And then on Saturday, we, um, you know, we will hear from the mayor of uh, of uh, Washington D.C. along with Maya Wiley, the new president of the Leadership Council for Civil Rights. And we're going to look at the political landscape. We're going to talk about 2024. Uh, we're going to talk about voter suppression. We're going to have some very, very innovative and creative panels, and going to have a discussion about how do we save democracy and protect the right to vote in this country. You know, what can we do to mobilize? And uh, this conference will be our first step in getting the George Lewis Voting Rights Act passed. And you know, so we hope to motivate people to go out and do the work. And then Saturday evening, we're going into the community to do a series of community service projects throughout the uh, the city of Washington, D.C. Sunday, we will have our religious service Sunday morning, followed by a panel of workshops. And then on Sunday evening, we will have our awards presentation, and we'll be honoring some uh, people who have really, really dedicated their lives uh, toward doing the uh, work that Dr. King called upon us to do. So, uh, and then Monday, we will have the, we will participate in the uh, MLK parade in Washington, D.C. So, look, it's going to be a big weekend for us. Once again, we're excited to be doing this in person again this year. Um, and our, our our members of public sector, private sector, building trades, you know, they're excited about participating. And, uh, you know, so we look forward to a good weekend, honoring the life and the legacy of Dr. King.
1: The theme of the conference this year is claiming our power, protecting our democracy. And, and, and we right. all know our, our democracy has been under attack. It's been under attack, and we saw what happened a couple of years right. ago in the nation's capital. Right. So we we, we got to be strong. we really got to be strong here. I'm going to drive everybody to the website. There's still time to register. It's the themlkconference.org, themlkconference.org. You can get more information. Make sure we get a record crowd over there in Washington, D.C. Uh, next we'll weekend. Appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Fred you take care I know you're busy uh, messing around with all those gadgets over there at the consumer (laughs) electronics show (laughs) so
5: okay well look Flash uh it's it's, uh good to be with you as always Uh, you know let's go out and kick ass for the working class of 2023 and thank you for everything that you do
1: I love that line. Kicking ass for the working class. I like that. I'm stealing that one from your friend. (laughs) Okay, buddy. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. That'll be it for another edition of America's Workforce. Coming up on Monday, we'll check in with the Service Employees Union and the North Dakota Building Trades. Until then, all of you have a safe and wonderful weekend.
0: That concludes another episode of the America's Workforce Radio Podcast. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. America's Workforce is a production of Labor Tools and BMA Media Group.
3: Find out more information online at labortools.com.